What up, what up, what up? Alright, so... It's been a minute. Uh, Alright, so... Had to scratch this real quick. Um, What's going on in the news today, man? Um, Let's get to it. So I named this particular episode The Future is Progressive. For one... The younger generation is more to the left. The younger generation is more progressive. A lot of the young people actually voted for Bernie Sanders, actually. So, yeah. Interesting, interesting. But there's still a lot of fighting going on from the, I guess you can call them corporate Democrats or the... What other, what else could we call them? Conservative Democrats or moderates, you could say. Um, I say that because Nina Turner actually lost, but Ohio is actually more conservative. So I wasn't actually super surprised, but yeah, she did lose, unfortunately. Um, Let me see. But before that happened, in Buffalo, New York, I, th- I, talk- I talked about it before, but they call her a socialist. Some people say she's just a Democrat, a Democratic socialist. That's supposed to be a little bit different from a regular socialist, I think. But yeah, uh, and this is a lady, uh, she won the mayor of Buffalo, New York. That's what I'm talking about. I think her first name is India, I think. But, um, yeah, man, the future is progressive. We might uh, take a few losses, but overall, I think we're going to win way more. I think the Democratic Party is going to see a lot of the corporate Democrats being taken by the progressive Democrats sooner than later. Um so, yeah, man. Um, 
I was listening to Robert Rich, and he was talking about profit sharing. And he was talking about how Sears used to share profits with its customers. And that's like something that a lot of corporations don't do anymore, right? Um, Amazon. Amazon stopped giving out stock to a lot of its employees. And they did. They stopped giving out stock awards and basically just raised the minimum wage to $15. Okay. Um, so the question becomes, do the people want stock in a company which is ownership in a company? Or do they want the higher salary or higher um, money per hour? That's a great question. Something else I heard Robert Rich talk about was taxes would be higher on Companies that don't share profits and lower on companies that do share profits. And I can agree with that. I can see that, yeah. Um, but what you will hear from a lot of people that companies just need to pay more, though, right? Because a lot of companies aren't even paying at all, from my understanding. They had these tax loopholes. And President Biden still hasn't gotten a tax bill passed. And I'm not sure, he probably won't get anything passed this, um, well, maybe he will, I don't know. But 2022 is next year, right? And it's like around the corner, so... Let's see what President Biden can get done, but who knows who knows. But the future is progressive. Something else that's been going on, right, in the news, California has been on fire again. Um, found this article in Washington Post. More than three decades ago, a collection of scientists sanctioned by the United Nations first warned that humans were fueling a dangerous greenhouse effect and that if the world didn't act collectively and deliberately to slow Earth's warming, there could be a profound consequences for people and nature alike. The scientists were right. That's what this article says. And... If it's true, we basically already messed up, right? Um, the people that are in power have basically destroyed Earth. That's how you could actually look at it. I'm not going to say what people, but you kind of know who's in power, right? If you don't know, you just look around. See who's actually running these countries. Who has all the financials? That's basically who's running the country. And so I've heard some people wondering 
are people trying to go to space because they, they need to leave Earth because they know what's about to happen to Earth? I don't think they think that. I don't think so, but hey, who knows? Who knows? Um, but there's clearly something going on with Earth, right? So on Monday, I'm still reading from this article, by the way. On Monday, that same body, the inter- governmental panel on climate change described how humans have altered the environment at an unprecedented pace and detailed how catastrophic impacts lie ahead unless the world rapidly and dramatically cut greenhouse gas reductions. Monday's report underscores that humans have a profound opportunity to shape a better future by sharply reducing emissions, but it also spells out how we can no longer avoid some measure of calamity in coming years. Here are some of the takeaways from the report. Uh huh. Uh. So yeah, man. Um. Hold on. Let me read this real quick. It says takeaway: Humans have unleashed less than five hundred additional guillotine gillotons of carbon dioxide, the equivalent of about 10 years of current global emissions, to have an even chance of limiting warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. Mm -hmm. Carbon dioxide in the atmosphere has risen to levels not seen in two Two million years, the author state, the oceans are turning uh, accident. Sea levels continue to rise. Arctic ice is disintegrating. Weather-related disasters are growing more extreme and affecting every region of the world. Heat waves that are already deadly will become as much as five degrees Fahrenheit hotter. Oh, no. Please don't get any hotter in the South. The South be cooking. But I hear the Middle East be cooking too, though. So, yeah, basically, places that are already hot are going to come even more hotter. Like, we're talking just, yeah, I don't want to, I don't even want to know. Parts of the Earth that currently slow the pace of warming, such as the ocean absorbing Excess heat and clouds reflecting sunlight back into space will become less able to help us. The report states that there is no remaining scientific doubt that humans are fueling climate change. Monday's report underscores that humans have a profound opportunity to shape a better future by sharply reducing emissions. But it also spells out how we can no longer avoid some measure of calamity. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> um, basically, the future is going to be a little extreme. At least that's what this article is trying to say. But I've been hearing a lot of scientists say this. And if it's already, I mean, if it's really true what they're saying, we're basically already screwed in that context because of what we already done. And it's the people that are in power that have done this to the future of the world. It's not just America, it's the whole world. 
so was it all a mistake is probably what's going to be asked in the coming future. But anyway, moving on to the next one. Before I get into this next one about Florida church, right? There's a election going on in Birmingham, right? Birmingham, Alabama. And the mayor of Birmingham is uh, Randall Wooden. And he's, I think he's the youngest mayor of Birmingham. And he's also, I think, the first progressive uh, mayor of Birmingham. And so I suspect he's going to pull it off again. Um, but you got to go out there and vote. Everybody got, I wonder are they um, letting people vote um, remotely? I'm about to check into that. I mean, mail-in votes, I think that's what they call it. Some people, uh, you know, are a little discouraged because of the coronavirus. But, yeah, man, I believe people are going to come out, though, for the most part. Um, I wonder what are his plans for the future of Birmingham. From my understanding, we have the Olympics coming up. It's actually being held in Birmingham, which is pretty cool. Um, that's awesome, actually. We have the G League coming to Birmingham, and that's like the, uh, what do you call it? I guess you could say the lower level of the NBA. It's like the league before you get to the NBA, but it's a part of the NBA. Um, but Birmingham actually is getting a G League team, from my understanding, um, which is cool. I don't really, you know, pay attention to basketball. I mean, not like I used to in a way. Um, so, yeah, man, that's what's up. Um, but, yeah, I wonder what what all he has in store. I understand that uh, we have the revitalizations, I think I said that word right, of the 99 neighborhoods, um, which is cool, right? Um, basically, they're tearing down a lot of the the um, the houses that don't look so good, right? Dilapidated houses. Um, so, yeah, and they're making the neighborhoods look better. Um, so that's awesome. That is awesome. Um, what else we got going on? Oh, something else before I move on. The Birmingham Promise was a good move, I think, by the mayor. Um, and basically it helps a lot of kids go to college. Um, I think that was a good move. Um... I don't really know any of the other candidates that's in a race against him. I think I think the um, the old mayor, like the mayor that was, the person that was the mayor before Randall Wolf, and I think he's in a race. Let me make sure that. Matter of fact, let me look it up real quick. See, can I find it real quick? Um, let me see. Candidates for Birmingham mayor. Uh, 
let me see. So, okay, yeah, so I was right. Mayor, or former mayor, William Bell is running again. Um, and this is an article by Alabama.com. Let me see, does it actually tell me about the other candidates? Because I really don't know the other candidates besides William Bell. Uh, <laughs> JT Moore. Okay, <laughs> I know him. Um, so, all right. So I'm just gonna read the article, but it don't really. I don't think it really tells me a lot about the other candidates. The campaign for Birmingham mayor began in earnest today, the last day to file qualifying papers for August 24. Municipal elections coming in today, seven candidates have filed to challenge incumbent Birmingham Mayor Randall Wilson. Okay, uh, former Mayor William Bell, Chris Woods, uh, Evan Hill II, LaShonda Scales, Napoleon Gonzalez, uh, Sarisa Brown and Daryl Williams have qualified for the ballot, according to the Jefferson County Probate Judges Elections Office. Yeah, so I don't really know any of these other people besides William Bell because he was the former mayor and Randall Wilson. The campaign has already gone bare knuckle with some hard hits. A website has been set up by an anonymous poster called Birmingham Truth Squad that takes aim at the record of Scales, now a Jefferson County commissioner. The attack on Scales has been promoted on social media. The Wolfen campaign says they have nothing to do with it. No, that is not affiliated with our campaign, said Claire Brixen, communications director for the Wolfen campaign. All official campaign communications come through our website or the social media ch channels on our website. By the way, I don't really do a lot of local politics, but I'm doing it today, though, right? Um, for one, he's he's progressive, um, the current mayor. Um, and I know Nina Turner just lost, which is heartbreaking for a lot of progressives. Um, but from my understanding, a lot of corporations threw a lot of money into that race. But yeah. All right, so back to this article. Bell also said his campaign had nothing to do with it. My staff and I have in no way attempted to influence anyone's campaign other than my own, he said. I'm not going to respond to it, Scale said. What they want to do is drag me in the mud. The Bell and, Sk and Scale's campaign are vying to make a runoff with Wiffen, the overwhelming favorite. If Wiffen or some other candidate doesn't get 50% of the vote, a runoff will be held on October the 5th between the top two vote getters. Bell, as an incumbent, lost a runoff to Woodfin in 2017. A Birmingham Times poll taken last month showed Woodfin with a commanding lead of 52%, which would be enough to win without a runoff. Scales 
polled second with 10.8%, and Bell was running a close third at 9.6%, according to the poll. Woods, Hill, Williams, and Brown trailed the top three significant, with none polling higher than 2.4% of the vote. The only city council member who has announced that he will not be running for re-election is Stephen Holt, who represents District 8. Candidates could file papers uh, up to 5 p.m. Friday. By Friday morning, eight candidates had filed papers to run for Holt's seat. Uh, Carol Clark, Denise Welber Jenkins. I don't know how to say this person's name. I'm going to mess it up. Uh, Ali Trone, Harry uh, Traveling Shoes Turner, Barbara Files Kennedy, Wanda Wright, uh, Salida Soda, Lynette Peters. The only candidate who appeared to have no challenges was Clinton Woods in District 1. District 2 Council Member Hunter Williams has three challenges who had filed papers. Don Scott, Kimberly Jean T, and Lawrence Conaway. How many districts do we have in Alabama, by the way? District 3. See, I told you I don't really know a lot about local politics. Um, District 3 Council Member Valerie Abbott has three challengers, Joseph Baker III, Alice Speak, and Will Jones. Council President William Parker of District 4 waited until today to file papers. He's got four challengers, Scotty McClaney, uh, Quinn Webb, Corey Petway, and JT Moore. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so they're all challenging Council President William Parker. Hmm. District 5 Council Member Daryl Quinn has four challengers Roshanique Taylor, Richard Franklin Jr., Eric Star Robinson, I mean Robbins, and Hiram Rahim. District 6. District 7 and District 9. Okay. Um, District 6, Council Member Crystal Smitherman has two challengers, Keith O. Williams and Keith Aaron. D District 7, Council Member Warding Alexander has three challengers, Latoya Lee, Lonnie Malone, and Donnie Stone. And District 9, John Hilliard has three challengers, Eric Hall, Latonya Tate, and David Russell. All right. So that is who's running on this upcoming ticket, which is awesome, by the way. Um, yeah. So get out to vote. Um, I had picked... Uh, Randall Woofen last time. For one, I thought Birmingham needed a younger um, mayor at the time. And I just thought he was the right person for the job last time. And I still think he's the right person for the job. Unless somebody 
unless I hear something else that uh, changes that, but I don't think I will. Um, so, yeah. Moving on. Florida church ruling from, well, ruling after six members die within 10 days amid a spike in cases. Yeah. So, it says for George Davis, a bishop at Impact Church. This was in Jacksonville, by the way. Jacksonville, Florida. Getting vaccinated against the coronavirus was an act of faith. He says that he believes in divine creation and that the shot is a miracle, a sign of God guiding scientists in their attempts to curb a devastating virus. Yet for his non-denominational congregation, the prominence of a life-saving tool was not as obvious. And Davis' experience, medicine, and faith are two sides of the same coin. When cases surge, some of Davis's congregation which numbers more than 6,000 uh, parishioners, had a different idea of the pandemic's effects. Six of the church members, David said, died of COVID-19. The disease caused by the novel coronavirus, in 10 days, four of them were healthy. Younger than 35 and all were unvaccinated. It's very frustrating knowing that these were unavoidable deaths, he said. You also don't want the loved ones who are left behind to feel horrible and don't want to see them. I want to see seem like I'm putting guilt onto them. But the reality is I know that these people would still be here had they gotten the shot. So it looks like they're promoting the vaccine on this article. Um, and the governor uh, of Florida has kind of been letting Florida uh, do whatever they want to do. I think the Republicans call it li uh, liberty. That's cool. Um, oh, some I just found out. Uh, Alabama has the lowest uh, vaccination rate. And Representative uh, Green has uh, mentioned the state's lowest in nation vaccination rate at a political fundraiser. This is something I'm reading uh, from Washington Post, by the way. Uh, days after the video surfaced, the state's health leader said officials have tossed out more than 65,000 coronavirus vaccines that expired, citing low demand that experts have partly attributed to the polit politicalization of the vaccine. In a video from the Alabama Federation of Republican Women fundraiser July the 23rd, Green suggested people take up arms against volunteers promoting coronavirus vaccines through door-to-door -door outreach to which the crowd applauded and laughed. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that's something that happened. <laughs> Let me see, how do you say her name? I'm not even going to, uh, I'll probably mess it up. But yeah, so that was Representative Green from Georgia. She's a Republican. A black real estate agent 
was showing a house. This was in Michigan. Um, the real estate agent was Eric Brown when police suddenly surrounded the house with guns drawn. The officers were responding to a neighbor's 911 call about a break-in. The three men who are black were ordered out of the house, handcuffed and pit in separate vehicles. Um, so there were two other men in there with the real estate agent, Eric Brown. And one man name was Roy uh, Throne, Throne, I guess that's how you say it, Throne, Throne. yeah, um, and his son. They were touring a home in Wyoming, Michigan. It's what it looks like. Um, and it looked like a neighbor called the police on them. Wow. That's because they were black, it looks like. But he thought they were breaking in, it looks like. But it wasn't a break-in. Um, and from what I understand, he'd been working in Grand Rapids um, area market for 18 to 20 years. So, yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, man. So it's, it's still going. It's still a little crazy out there, man. Um, so Brown and Thorn said they were racially profiled. If they were white, they said neighbors wouldn't have called the police. And if they did, some half dozen officers would not have surrounded the place with guns drawn, the men added. The SWAT team is what it felt like, Brown told the Post. Um, a captain with the police department in Wyoming didn't respond to a request from uh, for comment. And some others said it had nothing to do with race, which clearly it did. Um, but yeah. Um, let's see what else we got. New Orleans cancels its jazz fest because of the rising COVID hospitalizations. So if you didn't know, coronavirus is ticking up. And there's two new variants out there, right? There's the Delta and then there's the Lambda is what they call in that one. So, yeah, man, it's getting crazy out there, man. People thought 2021 was going to be different from 2020. It's a little bit different, but not really, though, right? Um, the coronavirus isn't going The coronavirus isn't going away is what we've been trying to tell people, right? Um, because it's sort of like the flu, it's just going to keep mutating, but it's a little bit worse than the flu. Um, and a lot of people are trying to get everybody to count on just get the vaccine, but a lot of people are a little paranoid because nobody trusts the hospitals. Nobody trusts the medical people because a lot of them, and I know why they don't trust them in the black community, right? Because what's been done to the black community already. 
I remember listening to a Jay Z track, um, and they was talking about it on the track, and it it wasn't Jay Z that actually said it, but it was like it had on her. It was talking about how babies, more black babies, are dying uh, at birth than white babies. It was some crazy like that, but it's like. And then you think of the Tuskegee experiment. It's like so much, right? So like, black people really don't trust the medical community. And I completely get it, right? And a lot of black people know that there's a lot of black people that have been bought. And so because we know or a lot of the black community know that a lot of black people are bought. When they put a black doctor in front of us, like on the news, it's automatically don't trust that black person. That's how a lot of black people are looking at it. I'm not saying it's wrong or right. I'm just stating facts. So, yeah, man. Uh, it's crazy out there, man. The pandemic is still going on a little, right? Um, and a lot of, I've heard a lot of Republicans, you know, uh, basically just arguing, talking about we shouldn't have to wear a mask and different stuff like that. And that's been going on you know, since it all started, so. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Looks like a lot of people are attacking Andrew Cuomo. Um, look like he's in trouble with some people that he has worked with, some women. Um, let me see, what are they saying? So there's a woman that filed a criminal complaint against Cuomo, alleging he engaged in illegal sexual conduct. Um, and she has come public for the first time. Her name is Brittany Camicio. I guess I said that right. Might have said it wrong. I don't know. She was previously identified as only the executive assistant. Um, after a lengthy investigation into a numerous sexual harassment allegations against Cuomo, um, Camicio, Camicio filed a criminal complaint against Cuomo with the Albany County Sheriff's Office, but has remained anonymous. In a joint interview with CBS this morning and the Albany Times Union that will air Monday, Camicio revealed herself to be executive assistant number one. Okay. So, yeah. We'll see if uh, 
Governor Andrew Cuomo makes it out of this. I don't know. Look like he's being attacked. But we will see. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, critical ocean system may be close to collapse, a study says. Human-caused warming has led to an almost complete loss of stability in the system that drives Atlantic Ocean currents. A new study has found, raising a worrying prospect that this critical um, aquatic conveyor belt could be close to collapse. I think when we're really going to know that climate change is really here is when we start seeing cities flood. Like when you start seeing the oceans like come above the cities, like that's when you know, like, oh, snap, it's going to go down. Like that's when you really know. But anyway, moving on. Um, yeah, man. So it's, the news has been crazy. Uh, let me see, where are we? Oh, sorry about that. I was uh, reading some. Oh, so Target and Walmart have both um, announced that they will cover 100% of college tuition for its workers. Um, and that's pretty, like, why they wait, Why did they wait so long to do this, right? Because they've been crazy rich, Target and Walmart. But now they want to, after the, the black community has been basically... Uh, decimated, right? Like it's been basically slaughtered by college, and that's why a lot of people are calling college the biggest scam. A lot of people are starting to say that now, right? The game is rigged, which it is. Um, and so I don't know, man. It's just so much going on. It's pretty insane. Uh, but the future is progressive. There's been so much damage done by the corporatists, you could say. Um, oh, I just found another one. Hold up. I talked to y'all about... Um, so I talked to y'all about this before, but there's been a lot of black people that have went to jail, but they was actually innocent. And from my understanding, this has happened on so many occasions, right? We're talking in the thousands. But we have the best system, don't we? The best criminal system. But um, so a Philadelphia man wrongfully convicted of murder is finally free after spending more than three decades behind bars. A man named Curtis... Crossland 
was found guilty in 1991 of second-degree murder, robbery, and possessing an instrument of crime in the 1984 killing of a Philadelphia store owner. His conviction was overturned in June. Documents that contain troubling information regarding the credibility of two key witnesses, as well as police records that pointed to another suspect, were in files at the Philadelphia Police Department and the Philadelphia District Attorney's Office from the beginning of the case, according to a lawsuit. Wow, wow, wow. But I'm not surprised at all because I hear about this all the time, like literally all the time. But we have the best criminal system, though. Hey, don't change it. Don't change it at all, right? That's what the Republicans will tell you. Don't change that system. We love it because guess what? Jail is a business. Jail is a business. So we need more people in jail. Want to get rich? Become a um or find some way to own a jail, you know. It's a business. This is this is why I say it's not it's not good for everything to be private. Because when you make something private, you're thinking about making profits usually. When you put it in a private sector. And the jail, people in the uh, jail system is a business, right? There's a lot of money being thrown that way. But you would hear so much about all these black people being in jail. And they're only like, what, uh, 20%, maybe less than that of the American population. But I think it was like 51% of the people in jail were black, 51% of them. So it's like, wow, they, they, they basically try to label all black people criminals, which is interesting, man, when we all know who really be doing a lot of this stuff, right? But it's interesting, right? I know. Anyway. Um, his conviction was overturned in June. Documents that contain troubling information regarding the credibility of two key witnesses, as well as police records that pointed to another suspect, were in files at the Philadelphia Police Department and the Philadelphia District Attorney's Office. Um, I already read, read all that. I feel exceedingly joyful, happy that finally, you know, after 30 or more years, after constantly knocking on the door, for somebody to please hear me. The day finally came. 60-year-old Crossland told CNN. He has now returned home to his five children, fiance, and 32 grandchildren. 32? That is a lot of grandchildren. Wow. Okay, anyway. Tap the link in our bio to learn more. That, that was a CNN post, by the way. So, yeah, but, like, I'm not surprised at all, man. Like, it's kind of how America has been working for the longest now. And nobody ever speaks up for all these black men that are being put in jail. And, uh, okay, if they really did do it, okay, fine. They did it, right? Send them to jail. 
But if they didn't do it, and basically a lot of stuff is being faked, and you're putting people in jail that are innocent, what's really the point of the system then, right? Is it simply just to get many black people in there as possible? Anyway, I'm going to jump off of that topic because eh, that had been and got people agitated and stuff, you know. Oh, so I'm sort of into science also. And it says here that light was detected behind a black hole for the first time. Which is awesome. Um, but what does that really mean, though, right? Light behind a black hole. And it fulfills a prediction rooted in Albert Einstein's theory of general relativity. Stanford University astrophysicist Dan Wilkins and his colleagues observed X-rays that were released by a supermassive black hole at the center of a galaxy about 800 million light years from Earth. Any light that goes into the dark, the black hole doesn't come out, so we shouldn't be able to see anything that's behind the black hole, said Wickens, study author and research scientist at the Kali Institute for Particle Astrophysics and Comology at Stanford University and uh, SLAC National Accelerator Laboratory. However, the black hole's strange nature actually made the observation possible. The reason we can see that is because that black hole is warping space, bending light and twisting magnetic fields around itself, he said. Uh huh. Anyway, that is what's up. Uh, let's see. What else do we got? President Biden extends the pause on student loan payments until January 31st. That's cool. Um, but he really needs to cancel the student loans. Let's go for President Biden. We need to cancel those. The future is progressive. Um, yeah, the future is progressive. Um, so President Biden, uh, please cancel those student loans so we can make the economy just go crazy. Um, also, black people still want reparations. I know there's a lot of people that's trying to not let us get our reparations, but hey, we know it's needed. Or y'all could actually bring back the Freedmen Bureaus. Ain't that what it was called? Freedmen Bureaus? Or Freedmen Banks. I think that's what it was called. And basically these were, hold on, let me make sure that real quick. Yeah, Freedmen Banks. But these were set up for black people when they came out of slavery. But they wasn't allowed to finish because of those darn Dixiecrats. Um, and basically, just white supremacists, basically. And that's why 
it wasn't uh it wasn't finished right and black people just haven't been right you know like haven't been able to get back on well actually we have because like we had a couple cities that were really popping you could say um are thriving from rose creek i think it was rose creek and then there was greenwood and basically a lot of our cities just got tore down by white supremacists there were even a lot of our cities that were pit underwater. I just found out about a city in Alabama that was pit underwater. Um, I think it was, I think Gunnersville is there now, but I think it used to be where Gunnersville is. So. Yeah, man. Um, it's crazy. And the crazy thing about Greenwood, it was it's always that white woman, right? That picks it basically a white woman lies on a black person, then all the white people come and just destroy whatever the um black people have. At least that's how it's been in the past, right? And so this is crazy to me, right? to think about all the stuff that has happened to black people. And they still don't want to give you reparations. But why? Why don't they want to give you reparations? Maybe they don't respect you. Could be an answer. There's probably a lot of answers, though. Um, let's see, Drowned Towns. So this is an um, article from alabama.com, another one. Um, and it's been updated, 2019. On a quiet evening, boaters sometimes hear the ghostly chimes of church bells rising from the depths of Lake Martin. At other times, the eerie bang of coon hounds echoes across the water is said to be the spirits of hunting dogs whose graves were never moved before the dam was built and the farmlands flooded. At least that's what legends say. The reality of dozens of small communities submerged beneath Alabama's man-made lakes is slightly different. Alabama's man-made lakes. Y'all heard that, right? Um, where some homes rose, buildings, and even graves submerged when Alabama Power Company and Tennessee Valley Authority flooded thousands of acres to create power and recreational sources. But not much remains. Tennessee Valley Authority official says, and for very one very good reason, safety. Ensuring the waters are navigable and free of hazards was foremost in the minds of those who built dams and created the state's many lakes. Some communities are now lost completely, just notations in history books. Others survived at least in part as tiny lake towns, lakeside towns, for examples are Eastonville was submerged when Logan Martin Lake was created in 1964. The state, the St. Clair County town was near Pell City and Cropwell. Benson was a community of mostly black residents, founded in 1895 by Will Benson. He, it was flooded in 1926 when Martin Dam was completed on the Tallapoosa River to form Lake Mount 
Martin. So they flooded a town in 1926 when Martin Dam was completed on the Tallapoosa River to form Lake Martin. Okay. Then there's the, I don't even know how to say this word, Susanna, Susanna, Susanna. It was also flooded by Lake Martin, according to a story in the Mark Montgomery Advisory. More than 900 bodies were moved from cemeteries before the land was submerged. The town once included a gold mine, a school, two merchantiles, a a grease mill, a floor mill, a sawmill, a blacksmith shop, and a church. Then there's Waterloo, a tiny patch of Lauderdale County that took up less than one square mile. is still home to about 200 people for more than 100 years from its beginnings in 1819. Waterloo was a small but bustling town on the banks of Tennessee River, but many of its homes and buildings were moved in the late 1930s to avoid being submerged when Pickwick Landing Dam was built by Tennessee Valley Authority. Mm -hmm. Riverton was a small Colbert County town flooded when Pickwick Dam was built on the Tennessee River in 1938. The town was a strategic point on the Tennessee River, leading to several bombardments during the Civil War. The Old Riverton Cemetery, where some residents of the town were buried, remains above the flood plains. And dude, it is so many more of these towns. Like, it's crazy. I'm not even finna read all this. It's like, it's a couple of them, man. Like, ah. Anyway. Just know that a lot of towns, a lot of towns that were black-owned, or that were mainly black residents, a lot of them were flooded. Um. Anyway. Moving on, uh, I've been over here with y'all for a while now, and it's time for me to go. But just remember, the future is progressive. The younger generation is progressive. We're to the left. We're to the left because we see what a lot of white supremacists have done and are doing. Um, I wonder, will anybody vote Republican in the future? After knowing that the Republicans actually charge the capital like can you vote republican after knowing that the republicans actually attack the capital great question um the future is going to be interesting there's so much coming out right new technology um the black community is building well, the woke community's building. I won't say the every black, because there's a lot of black people that are basically on the white side um, of things, but hey, it is what it is. Um, the future's progressive. And so I'm very interested to see what's about to happen. Um, we got everything being geared towards robotics. I mean, I could see um, robots in people's homes in the future. I can see a lot of things, right? We got the autonomous cars um, that eventually is going to be commercialized. Um, so there's a lot of stuff happening. Uh, and it's going to be interesting in the future. 
But for right now, I'm going to let y'all go, and I will talk to y'all next time. And if you don't have your money in the stock market, pick some money in the stock market. Everybody should be investors. Peace.